With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hello, High Wire Women. It's Rosanna Berardi here, and I have a really cool guest today. I have Sunil Godsey, who is an intuition expert. How many times have you had that voice in your stomach, in your head that you ignored, and a few days or hours or weeks later, you're like, man, I should have listened to my gut. Well, Sunil's going to tell us all about how to listen to your gut, why it's important. So stay tuned. And Sunil, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to those listening. Uh, I'm really hoping to give some knowledge bombs on how they can start even today while we're having this interview of some of the things that they can do to trust their intuition. But yeah, so for a CEO and founder of Intuitionology, and I just took a real deep dive into understanding what intuition is because of the things that have happened in my past and the past of others. And I take a real scientific approach to it. So why can't I find a definition what does the science say to back up? You know, when I first started with sort of the woo-woo kind of manifestation stuff, which is great if people think it's like voices from God, but that, but for me being that sort of ex-engineer, I needed the science-based thing to say, okay, what I'm thinking, does that make sense? Yes, here's a couple of articles backing that up and then moving that forward to get everybody steps to that they can start trusting intuition. Today, there's a very specific series of steps you can do so that every single decision you make is the right one in whatever situation you're in. So what's the science behind it? Now, obviously, we're not scientists. So give us the thumbnail of really what causes us to hear that voice of like, don't do that or avoid that person or yeah, go for this. Like, what yeah, is the absolutely. science? So when I looked at the science, one of the first things that came up, and this is one of the reasons why I couldn't find a definition. And so when I'm going online, it says voices from God and things that I, it really didn't resonate with me. Online definitions didn't resonate with me. And what the science actually indicated was that Intuition hits the amygdala, which is the primitive part of the brain. And that's your fight or flight. That's all it knows. It's do, think, trust, fight, run. It's that primitive. And because there's no language associated with, with it, that's why I couldn't find a definition. So intuition is how you define it. What we all experience are these things called feelings. And one of the premises I had, because when I was five years old, there were these video games that I wanted to buy. And my dad said no. And so there was this distinct voice that came, said, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I raised $200. I raised $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to my, to my school for charity. That's what they were doing. So at five years old, I, th I was thinking, okay, am I born with this stuff? And again, when I looked at the research, there was one article that said that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive physics, as they call it in the paper. Wow. So now I know that we're kind of born with it. And if you, under if you look at it, your brain's got all these neurons firing. It's got all these experiences coming in putting it in the subconscious area of your brain. So if you look at your brain like, a, like an iceberg, 90% is below water, which is subconscious, and the 10%, which is the conscious part, is above water. And so we've got all these experiences that are being pummeled in there. So what, when intuition is actually, we'll get into sort of what the signals are. When it gives you a signal to tell you what does the decision is, then you trust it because it's backed by your research, your learning, your experiences, good and bad, formal and informal, all since birth. And even if it hits the primitive part of your brain and it gives you a signal, you know that that's the right decision or you need to back away from a decision. And we'll get into the distinction in a bit. I interviewed a neurologist and he said that 
research is showing that intuition is even happening earlier than we're conscious of it. And so when I dug into the research to look at that, there was a paper that showed that, a couple of papers that showed that intuition actually acts on average seven to 10 seconds before we actually take a decision or make an action. And so they use things like MRIs and they put somebody in an MRI chamber and say, this is how they measured these subjects. And neuroscience research that's coming out of University of Toronto has been published yet is showing, a colleague was saying, it's, it's, that's as early as 23 seconds before we actually consciously make a decision. So there's all this science that backs up these things that I, that I call intuition. I know that I define it. And we have these things called intuitive signals. And there's a number of characteristics of the signals. But the signals are of, of primarily two different inventories. One is sort of positive signals. And these are signals telling you this is the right thing to do. And so for me, sort of the dots are connecting, it's a flow. And in one case, I had a CEO that he sees this omen that comes up on his right and back. There's no shape, there's no color, but he knows that if he's doing a business deal or hiring someone and this omen pops up, he trusts it. And uh, there's a singer songwriter, she sees an orb and this orb comes up. When this orb comes up for her, then she knows that the decision she's making is the right one. And this goes to the uniqueness of these positive signals. The negative signals are the ones that were, we've all been in a situation where you kind of walk into a room and you just kind of go, mm, something's off here. Yeah. Or you meet that one person or collective people and there's just something about that guy or that girl or this group that is just, these are just internal thoughts, right? You get that, that oomph, that small whisper as Oprah calls it. And those are your negative signals that are warning you. And so for me, it's, it is that uncomfortable feeling or like sometimes I get a gut feeling. For others, I had someone who, who was an entrepreneur and he kept getting into the wrong businesses and he didn't know what his signals were until he started describing these businesses and his left earlobe kept getting hot. <laughs> and so he just realized 10 minutes in, he goes, Sunil, I think I just realized what my intuitive signal is. And he now distinctly remembers before he went into these businesses, these ventures, for the wrong reasons, his left earlobe kept getting hot. And we talked to his wife, his left earlobe kept getting hot. So these are the wow. signals that we need. And what we need to do is spend time really taking a hard look at the inventory of these signals and really reflecting back on the, the good decisions and the bad decisions and what were those signals. And where you have to be careful with the negative signals is that, let's say you and I share a negative signal, uh, Rosanna, which is a, a voice, as an example. Mm -hmm. For you, that signal may be signal number one. And if it is, fantastic. You're on the right track. But for me, if that's signal number three, and I haven't done the work to figure out what signal number one and signal number two are, then when that voice comes up, that means I would have already made two bad decisions. And those two bad decisions could be just stubbing my toe, or I could be headed towards bankruptcy. I don't know. And when I looked at the research, especially when it came to women, women are highly intuitive. I mean, I can look at my wife. My wife has no business background, but I can ask her a marketing question or a business question, and she's, just, she's able to just nail it, or she's just mm -hmm. really good with looking at people say there's something wrong here 100% of the time. And if you look at the science behind it, the neurons that particularly women have, they go across both of the brain halves, whereas for men, they go longitudinally. So that's why men are typically more rational, more risky, is there's a slightly longer route for those neurons to kind of get the creative and it's a, it's basically balance of head and heart. And women are much better than that. And now research is showing that women-led businesses are, I think it's 350 or 386% more profitable there's a happier culture. I mean, there's so much research rife with women that are using their intuition. Where it comes to women where the problem is that, is that they get too emotional, whereas men get too rational. So right. if you look at businesses or anything, you know, men want the logical explanation. Women get really, really emotional. And that hijacks that amygdala. And so when you don't have that balance of head and heart, 
then what happens is now if you're w- way too emotional, you can't listen to those signals. And then, for example, in relationships, you tend to stay longer and you mm. give third or fourth chances. You lose a self-talk when your intuitive signals are actually telling you you should be out of that relationship. And what happens is those negative signals, they start getting louder and louder and louder until it taps you on the shoulder say, listen, I've told you to get out of the relationship. I've already given second chances. And some people talk about the ultimate one being in a car crash, trying to take their own life or, or just developing severe headaches as the ultimate negative intuitive signal before. And in one case, she actually heard the words get out. But wow. by the time she heard those words, she was financially devastated. Like she had this guy she was with cleaned her, her bank account. And one of the things that what happens is even though you've been through that situation, you can always start trusting your signals today. One case study I, I often share is with Sarah Prout, who is a 10-year relationship, marriage, 40 instances of massive abuse. And it was a December 31st, 2016, I believe. And another argument over just simply watching a movie. And she knew where it was headed and he was going to get all ruffled. And so she just mm-hmm. goes outside, looks at the stars, and she gets the one strong intuitive signal. Now, it is time. It was always time before, but this one was really loud. And she walked out. She was $30,000 in debt, two kids to feed, no money on, on social assistance, going on uh, picking up furniture on the side of the road. And she's actually going into bathrooms, uh, public washrooms to take the soap so she can put the soap together so that the kids can have a shower, eating baked mm. beans for days. But what she did is she trusted her signals, trusted her signals every single day, knew that there's going to be something better. And one door of opportunity after another opened up. She finds the love of her life on Twitter. They go online dating for a year. They get together and they find they're compatible. She doesn't make the mistake of not listening to her intuition with him. Uh, they get married. And then six and a half years later now, she is now running a multi-million dollar business in the manifestation space. Wow. Um, and so we have to make sure we don't pay attention to the money. We right. pay attention to the journey. And the sure. journey, especially if she's every single day, she's got to make decisions when her kids are hungry. And so that's where you trust those signals. And the big one for a lot of people is fear, I like the fear of change, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. But you have to remember that your amygdala is fight or flight. So either there's a saber-toothed tiger coming to eat you mm. or it's fights. And fear is actually your best friend in that if you look at brain plasticity, neuroscience research, when you get into a fearful situation or something that is outside the norm, your brain is actually primed to start new neural pathways. And so when you get into a situation where you're not sure whether you should do something, your brain's actually said, hey, listen, I'm ready. Your intuition's already looked in the past in the subconscious area of your brain, said you've got the raw skills to make that change. And so you don't need to think anymore about it. I'm telling you, this is a positive signal, move forward. But that fear stops a lot of people. And one of the best examples I can give is there's a colleague, David Dame, who was in a wheelchair, he had cerebral palsy all his life. And his dream was to just have somebody stand him up and feel, caress the, the toes with sand and the water from a beach. And he gets this chance a couple of years ago. And so they wheel him up to the edge of the, the sand water barrier and he stands up and he falls flat on his face. And then the embarrassment and the fear starts coming in. And so what he says is, Sunil, I have two things I can do at that moment. The first thing is I can go back and succumb to the fear and sit back in the wheelchair and forever, for the rest of my life, regret that I've never been able to walk in the ocean. Or I can simply trust the signal that says, take step one, take step two, and then step three, and continue to do that. And even though the fear is there, he, he does that, listens to one signal after another, his handlers keep walking him into the ocean. He basically signals to his chin area, and he says, the water gets up to my chin. And that's when he looked back. And when he looked back, 
he hadn't realized how far he had come. So when we go through life trusting those signals, what we got to do is when they talk about living in the present moment, instead of that being a cliche, what you need to do is take stock of what you're doing now and what are the signals for those decisions. Now, you're going to have some mundane ones like what are you going to eat when you turn left here at the traffic signal. But in some cases, you're going to make some choices that are just really obtuse. And a lot of people are going to say, well, is there something wrong with you? But who cares? This is your past. So who cares what they say? So Sunil... You know, us high wire women, we're juggling a million things, right? And the pandemic has just exasperated what women are required to do between, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say, how many things can I do? I'm supposed to walk 10,000 steps, drink water, have homemade meals, plan play dates, have perfect kids, have date night. And, you know, throw in a pandemic where we're doing remote school. We can't leave our houses. We have to cook all the time. Women tend to ignore their intuition. Because we're so task focused. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, we're on this treadmill all day of just what other people need. How do we turn on our listening ears or how do we pay attention? What can women do to channel the intuition and rather squash it down, embrace it? Yeah, absolutely. And so the very, very first thing that you can do, even today, and people are probably, your listeners are probably already thinking about it, is you look at the decisions you made in the past, both good and bad. And on a piece of paper, you list, okay, what were my good decisions? And what did it feel like in the moment? And what were my bad decisions? And what do they feel like at that moment? And with the bad decisions, what you have to do is make sure that that's decision number one. If it was decision number three, we were talking earlier, what was the decision before that? And what was the decision before that? So when we're tasked with all these things to do, what we need to do is to make a priority. What are the ones that are things that we really want to do? How much of these tasks are we doing because we've listened to other people's suggestions and we think that that's what we have to do? We're following societal norms that we got to think that women need to do this. We're afraid to ask to delegate because we're scared, although our intuition is saying you should be asking that person to take on a little bit more task. And so if you look at my wife and I, we're a really good example of that. You know, So I know intuitively when she's really tired. She knows intuitively when I'm really tired. So we will actually subconsciously take over each other's tasks. But that delegation part is really, really important for us. So I take on a lot more of the tasks from the start, from the get-go, from, because that was really important for me. But we've heard complaints of others where the husband's not doing anything. He's just mm-hmm. sitting on his butt. And so when I talk to even some of my close friends, I say, well, why don't you ask him to take on a little bit, you know, and nudge him into it. And in some cases, I had to talk to one of my friends about, you know, picking up his piece of the, the tool set, so to speak. But women are afraid to do that because they're afraid of conflict. So if they're afraid of conflict, is there another way to start that discussion? And if there isn't, then it's gotten to a point where now you're really getting restless and upset. But the main thing is when you have that huge emotional upheaval, you need to really kind of go back to a place where you can, and it's called an intuitive medium, where you can actually just sit back and just cut out the noise and think, okay, what are my priorities? What do I need to do? What do I need to tell the person? Can I delegate? Is this really important? in the grand scheme of things. So for me in the shower, I'll do that when I'm driving long distances. And I'm able to cut away things that aren't really important. And some of us have to have that discussion. What am I really here for? What are my real values? And many of us don't even trust ourselves. We put our trust in other people, or we're looking to the past and saying, I got to prove that person wrong, or I need to show up better, or I have something, some trauma in the back we're giving, we're emotionally stuck in. And when we kind of are reacting that way in the present day situation or our present life, we're putting the the power or the values 
in the hands of other people when we really should be saying, okay, that's happened. That's fine. That's good. They don't think I'm worthy. Who cares? That happened. I, I, just, I was just on a blended family podcast. We talked about that. That's just water in the bridge. Let's just move ahead. And let's get into that intuitive medium. Okay, what do I need to do now to strengthen my values and come through with these values and live life like that? And what you'll find is that your intuition will start stripping away people that don't matter. And there's four types of intuition. One is experiential. One's also called relational. And relational intuition is the one that filters the people through to those that really support you in where you're going to go. And it filters out those people that aren't. And it doesn't mean you're going to cut them out of your life. If you need to, you can, or you can keep them at bay. And so if you have to be with family, you keep the family farther away. But what you do is you take the steps to set those boundaries. And then that way, they don't impede you emotionally. And for some people, it's a hard process. But hard is because they've got to make a very emotional decision. I don't think it's hard at all. I think it's better when we cut those ties because it frees me from making the right decisions. And one of the things that I talk about is opportunity cost when you make a bad decision. What that is, is not the cost of just making the bad decision. It's also the cost of not making the right decision. So when you keep these people in your life that waste your time, that allow you to get emotionally high, that sabotage you, that put you down, cutting them out in that same moment that you're being put down, in that same moment, you can experience just a moment of joy. And that's two times the win for you. And so the hard part is doing the cutting. It's not hard because when you cut those ties or you start to loosen those relationships and push them away, it allows you to really be yourself and not worry about what the opinions of others are. And that's when you live your purpose. And so for me, for example, I've met tens of thousands of people. I've spoken to a couple of hundred thousand people on stages around the world. And I have two people, two. And that's all I need because they bring me joy. Mm -hmm. I know they're there for the ups and downs. They understand where my purpose is. Not a lot of people understand what I do as as an entrepreneur, living my purpose, talking about intuition. You know, many will say, what is that guy up to? Uh, you know, my parents, my dad's was an engineer, probably can't spell entrepreneurship, uh, right? But it doesn't matter to me. We, I have a very good relationship, a very respectful relationship. We're closer mm-hmm. than ever because he understands sure. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And when I didn't do my engineering, I did engineering and I actually quit engineering. I didn't speak to him for years mm-hmm. because I didn't drink the East Indian Kool-Aid. Right, yeah. And it's interesting. I think in this world of social media where we quote unquote have all these friends and followers, yeah. We get hung up on what those people think. But like you said, out of thousands, maybe one or two are really there to fully support you, to become a conduit for who you are and what you're meant to be. So we live in this public-facing world, but we're only putting the positive stuff out there, right? Like I'm not taking pictures of my dirty sink full of dishes or the laundry baskets that are overflowing. I'm taking pictures of the nice meal and we make ourselves confused because we want to look a certain way, but we're really, really acting inauthentically. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at your friends list, I'm like, these people aren't my friends. There's a few, you know, yeah. but they're not really true friends that, you know, support you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're talking about dopamine hits here. And what we put on social media, there are people I know for sure. I know them very well. And so what they put out in terms of themes and memes, I, sometimes I look at that and I'll, sometimes I'll even comment to my wife. I really wish they lived their life like that because right? I know that they're yes. completely opposite. And there's been things like where the Insta famous, but bank account poor, you know, there was one, right. I think that she had like two or 8 million, it's an insane amount of followers. Let's call it 8 million. Yeah. And they tried to sell t-shirt, like five were bought. Right. And it's because a lot of people are liking what she's putting in terms of the curiosity factor. And again, those likes and comments are great. 
but nobody is takes that curiosity and engages deeply into a meaningful conversation, sure. into a life-changing thing, or even just the inspiration. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's great to get inspiration from a bunch of words, but that inspiration should be internal. Those words should be something that we should be saying to ourselves For and sure. living life like that, not looking to... Now, if we, if we find inspiration and we need that light in social media, that's a different story. But this is where you're actually being inspired by that, not where, oh my God, I got to live like, like that. And For sure. you can say that that's not what you do, but your intuition knows that what you do. These are internal things. You know exactly what your intention is in every single situation. So you can lie or cheat or say something else or put different words, but you internally know what's going on. And so when you cheat yourself, I mean, you're cheating your success because again, you're sure. wasting time living somebody else's theme yeah. or trying to be, you know, look good. Why? Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason I started High Wire Woman was that I feel like so many women are living other people's lives, yes. what society tells us, what, you know, and especially if you're a working mom, you know, your kids should do this. You should do that. You should do that. And I created High Wire Woman to turn off the shoulds and teach women how to live their lives that they want to live regardless. You know, there's a lot of shame that goes into being a working mom. And, you know, pre-COVID when you had to bring in cupcakes, you know, for your kid's birthday party, like, you know, I know so many moms that were like, I have to bake them and they have to be perfect. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's why they have bakeries. And okay, it's going to cost you $10 more, but who cares in the grand scheme of your life, right? Like, your kid doesn't care. Your kid just wants you to be there, be present. They don't care if you made the cupcakes versus buying them. But so many of us get caught up in that, well, I should do this. I should, I should, I should. And yeah. I like to turn off the shoulds. And I think when we turn off the shoulds, we can tune into our intuition more and lead more authentic lives. So, so Neil, I could talk to you forever, but in the interest of time and wrapping this up, how can people learn more about you? How about intuition, intuitionology? Like this is fascinating. So tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to intuitionology.com. You can read a, a lot about the science and links to the articles and my journey. Uh, I have one blog that's come out, my boss blog, called What is Intuition? It's the first one that's come out. And it really goes through a case study, some science, some famous people that are there who talk about it. I've got even Nelson Mandela's grandson who defines intuition. Oh, uh, as cool. you see, a number of really cool people with their stories of what happens when you ignore intuition and when you trust it. Intuitive, like even the, those words I was talking, get out of Marnie Kay's there as a case study. So there's, there's mm-hmm. that. I've got a podcast series. So you can go to intuitionology.com forward slash podcast. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I'm going to try TikTok without dancing. Um, <laughs> because if I dance, my kids will not only roll out my eyes, but people's intuitions are going to say that's a negative signal by continuing to watch that. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's all those ways that you can find out about me. There's a free seven day challenge. And so cool. if you go on the, it takes you to find the problem and you solve it in seven days using all the components of your intuition. Remember, this is your intuition, your experiences, your signals. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. I take you through a proprietary way of maximizing it, but I'm just shining a light on stuff that you already have that you're sure. born with. Right. And so again, this is you. And so why not go through the seven-day challenge to solve a problem, get a template for life. There's no cost to it. And yeah, if you want more, there's more blogs coming out, more social media stuff coming right. out where I'm going to be talking about how Fear is your best friend from a brain plasticity perspective and just things like that. And yeah, that's how you enter my world. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have the links to your website, your blogs, your social media. So it's easy for our high wire women to find them. So Sunil, leave us with one golden nugget of how to make our high wire women lives 
better, simple, easier. How do we do it? You take the time to find out what your inventory of signals are. Grab a piece of paper or join the seven-day challenge. Start doing the homework now because when you have those signals, every decision is going to come with an intuitive signal, whether it's right or wrong. And obviously, I want you to make the right ones. And you got to realize that you waste twice as much making the wrong ones. By not doing the homework, you're already forsaking the success that you can achieve in every area of your life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was super fascinating. I know my listeners are going to love this. So you guys, Sunil Godsey, intuitionologist. Is that what you call yourself? Yeah, that's I just a great that. term. I, I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind that. Yeah, that's awesome. So turn off the noise, shut off the shoulds, and listen to your gut, listen to your intuition, and lead a more authentic life. So stay on that high wire, ladies and gentlemen who do listen to the podcast. Until next time, have a great day. <laughs> 